welcome you to this opportunity to just fellowship together in a word. And tonight we're going to talk about justice. Amen. Amen. And so the scripture that uh, I'm going to start out with will be coming from uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 verse 1, uh, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And so let's start out with some prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for this time to gather together around your word, Lord God, to just learn how you want us to live, Lord God, and actually, Lord God, take what you're telling us in, in your word and, and actually live it out in our everyday life. And so we just thank you for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, my counsel, the fear of the Lord and the anointing of God. And we just praise you right now for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And so uh, with this uh, with this scripture, when it talks about the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And so when we're thinking about the word justice and, and now, you know, justice is one of those uh, buzzwords now in, in our in the last few months, you know, even the last few years. Uh, justice has been one of those buzzwords, you know, where uh, now the protesters are returning to saying no justice, no peace. Uh, and so when we think about that word justice and, and we have to now understand that uh, when we're talking about the biblical understanding of justice, we have to now look at instead of looking at the Bible from a Western mindset with Western eyes, uh, we have to actually look at it in a context in which it was wit written, uh, which is an Eastern mindset uh, in, in a Hebraic mind. And so when the, the Jewish idea of justice extends far beyond uh, retribution, uh, retribution and, and, uh, and vengeance, uh, that the Hebrew concept of justice is holistic. Uh, and so it involves not only uh, guidelines to human relation or righteousness dealing with other people, um, but it's society as a whole. Um, because uh, when you think about the Hebrew understanding of justice, it, it's almost like you're righting wrongs, you know, making those wrong things right, you know, and, and making those bad things good. So it, it, it has a lot to do with that redemptive, that redemptive uh, idea and concept. And so when you think about that, uh, and you think about the fact that when a lot of people in a Western mindset, when they when they think about justice, they're thinking about justice as it pertains only to them. But they're not thinking about justice as a, as it pertains to humanity as a whole. And so that that causes them to uh, be a little biased in their distribution of justice. And why do I say distribution of justice? Because when you think about who we are as believers, when you think about what we what we are called to do, the, that great commission, you know, which is more than just preaching. Ministry is more than just preaching. You know, this this what I'm doing now is only a single expression of ministry, but there are many expressions of ministry. And see, it, it and this gets us back to what we talked about a, a month or two ago, uh, where we talked about being led by the Spirit of God and and, and just being open to the way that God wants to manifest. Uh, justice, you know, or ministry, uh, manifest the ministry of justice in our day and time. 
And so uh, that it could look a variety of ways. It could be ministering to the poor. It could be uh, ministering to the widows. It could be ministering to uh, uh, those that are are being sex trafficked. Uh, it could be it could be uh, anything because slavery still exists. And so it could even mean fighting for the abolition, the permanent abolition of slavery. Uh, because a lot of people think about what slavery still exists. Yes, slavery still exists. Slavery still exists. Yes, here in America, there it, it's one of those underground things, but there is still slavery here. I remember a job I had uh, working at a bank and, and this woman came in uh, and, and she came in to do transact some business. And I noticed that the woman seemed like she was in distress. And she didn't even have her own identification. And see, those are some of the telltale signs of people that are involved in that sec that human trafficking uh, or slavery thing. Uh, and so I noticed something, and I said, uh, "There's something wrong here." When I started asking too many questions, the the, the her handler got up and and took her out. He's like, "Oh, come on, let's go, let's go." Asking too many questions. Because they don't want to be exposed. Darkness does not want to be exposed. And when you are operating in God's form of justice, which is not vengeance like your Batman, you're not going to be dressed up like Batman, running out the streets, knocking people, knocking heads. No, you're not going to be doing stuff like that. But you're going to be actually in practical ways. You're going to be ministering justice, God's form of justice, which is actually the embodiment of the gospel. Because justice is a covenant is a covenant right for the people of God. And so as the people of God, then we need to now share that justice with the rest of the world. This is not something where we can be biased as to who deserves it and who doesn't. Because we have to have a broader understanding that it justice extends beyond me. It extends beyond just you. It's all of us. All of us need to experience God's form of justice. And so when we think about that, and we think about the Hebrew uh, understanding of justice, uh, at the foundation of that, again, is the concept of covenant. It's the concept of covenant. And, and so when you think about that, and you think about even the narrative of the, of the Exodus, you think about how the, how the Israelites were taken out of Egypt. They were delivered from Egypt. What, why, did he wanna, why did he want them to come out of Egypt? Because his, they were his covenant people, and he wanted to reaffirm the covenant that he established with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the, the part of that covenant was that he was going to bring them into a land, a promised land, a land that was their own. They were not going to be slaves. They were not going to be in bondage. They were not going to be indebted to anybody, but they were going to be free. They were going to be free to worship, free to serve God, free to live their lives. And that's what God wants for us today. He wants people to be free. But see, if people are not, if people are not actually uh, living in that in that vein where they understand that they are they are messengers of God to deliver and to distribute His justice, to execute justice in the earth in a way that God needs it to be executed. And again, it's not just preaching and teaching. That's only one expression of justice. That's only one expression of ministry. But then there are many other ways that are going ignored. And then when we see the social ills of society, then all of a sudden we complain. Why? Because nobody's executing justice in those arenas. And so we need to understand this. We need to understand the fact that when we when we are open to when we are open to God's idea of what justice really is, 
then we can actually begin to actually impact every sphere of society in the way that God has ordained for us to, to impact it. Education, sciences, the medical arenas, uh, every, every aspect of society, the econ economic, they're supposed to be men and women of God in government that are su not supposed to just be there as, as politicians just only, but they're supposed to be advisors to those in, in the high, in, to the president. See, the reason why a lot of times uh, these, these political officials are making so many mistakes and they're doing so many unjust things is because there are no men and women of God that are bold enough to actually speak into their lives, speak into that power and let them know what God is saying. And then as they start to speak what God is saying, then God will actually back up his word with signs and wonders following that. That's 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 what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to this this concept of the, the Hebrew concept of justice is transformational for the world around them, not just their world, but the world around them. See, it's easy for us to feel in control of our own private world. But then when we when we think about the world around us and we think about the misery of, around us, even with this presidential election, I have never seen such misery in people's lives, regardless to what side they're on, whether they're Democrat or Republican, Green Party, Libertarian, whatever they are, I have never seen so much misery because people are fearful about whoever will get into power. But if they realize the fact that they're supposed to be a man or woman of God that is supposed to speak into the life of that president every single day of their presidency, that is supposed to advise them on the way in which they should go, just like the prophets of old. See, we have to get out of the closet and come out into the open. See, that's what God's people are supposed to do. God's people are not supposed to keep quiet and just have services. It's got to be more. The church has to be more than just church services. We got to be about life. We got to be about society. We got to be about change. We got to be about transformation. We got to be about reformation. Revival is not a series of services, but it's a people who are imbibed with the life of God that go and distribute that life to society, that go and share what God is saying, that go and liberate and open and, and, and liberate and make the poor people rich again make the make the people that are brokenhearted healed and whole again make those that are in bondage free again make those that are in prison that make them make them more than the inmate make them more than an inmate just because just because a person may be in the prison walls don't mean that they have to be in prison in their mind but see people are not People are not being sensitive to what God is saying in the season. This is not a time to be afraid. This is a time for the bold to arise and distribute God's form of justice and bring revival into every single place that they go. If we continue and I, I just thought about this one night and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like the, the church, the body of Christ is, is just not doing they're not doing their job. They're, we're, we're forming our camps. We're 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 trying to have, you know, services. We're, we're trying to be churchy and religious, 
but we're not doing anything to cause transformation. We're not really, we're not really, uh, uh, we're not really living out and embodying the message of the gospel. It's more than just getting a ticket to go to heaven. Why can't I bring heaven down here? See, when, when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, and he was teaching them how to pray, he was giving them a model in which to pray. He says, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Bring it down here. Bring heaven down here. Because that was a covenant promise. He told Israel, he said that he would make their days as the days of heaven, their days here on earth, he would make their days as the days of heaven upon the earth. And so Jesus then brings that back. He brings it, he, he, he actually causes a, a, a promise to come back into remembrance. And he says, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If when we went into, uh, if, if, we, if we went into certain meetings, if we went into certain places, and if our stance was not just, let me just see what they're going to say now. But if our stance, if our position, if we were firm and bold and said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because you do know that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now that word bind means whatever you forbid, then that word loose means whatever you allow. What are you forbidding and what are you allowing? Are you forbidding God from moving in your world? And are you allowing Satan to have dominion over you? Or are you gonna bind the power of the enemy? You're gonna bind his wicked counsel that perverts justice. God needs his people to arise. He needs his people to stand strong and firm. Even when you think about our concepts, the concepts of, of prayer and fasting, our, our prayer and fasting is not, is not just about us. Even when we think about Isaiah 58, you know, is this not the fast that I have chosen? He didn't say I chose this fast so that you could fast your way into victory for yourself. But we're, we're, when he said, even when he, he was with the demoniac son and his father and, he, and the disciples, and he said, these kind come not but for, by prayer and fasting, he was not talking about them doing it for themselves, but he was talking about them doing it for everybody around them. Them being so empowered, so in touch with God, because that's what fasting does. Fasting enables us to be so in touch with the agenda of God to where we're out the way. All clutter is out the way so he can freely move. And too many of people have so much clutter in their lives. So much clutter in their lives to where they can't hear God. Or if they hear God, they can't move for God because that clutter prevents them from being obedient. And, and because you're not obedient and you're not doing what God says and not moving according to God's agenda, 
The only agenda we should have is heaven's agenda. And instead of you moving according to God's agenda, then what's happening is people around you remain bound. They remain oppressed. They remain possessed. They, they, they remain poor. They remain blind. They remain deaf. They remain hurt. They remain, they remain toxic. But you're the cure. He, he says, he says, you have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power. So as the power of God manifests through you, the excellency of the power is, is of God and not of us. And so inside of you is the cure for what ails society. It's the cure for what ails your neighbor. It's the cure for what ails this world. And so he needs you to release it. He needs you to release the power of God into the lives of other people. And you and see, I've, I've had experiences where I may be down, but then when I start ministering to somebody else, all of a sudden I get lifted up too. I get encouraged too. Sometimes your breakthrough is in your obedience. And so when we think about even Isaiah 61, and again, when you think about justice, when you think about justice, in, in Isaiah 61 verse 2 says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, because in, in this Again, in this Hebrew concept of justice, um, it is why there was a Sabbath, because justice, it, it touches into rest. It touches into rest. And so when you think about justice, because it observes rules of the covenant and, and that Sabbath was part of that covenant, Jubilee was part of that covenant. Keep those things in mind. And so he says, this this says so in the in the principle of justice we're thinking about our neighbor we're thinking about the stranger we're thinking about that person who thinks that they're not worthy they think they're not worthy but now i can tell them according to isaiah 61 verse 2 this is the year of the lord's favor because we've had a divine appointment and I came into your life to deliver God's justice to you, this is the year of God's favor. This is the year of God's favor. So for those people that were the down and out, now justice says, this is the year of God's favor, God's covenant favor for you. The day of vengeance of our God. And so God is the one who actually does the vengeance. See, again, getting back to the Western idea of justice, when we think about the Western idea of justice, we're, we're, vengeance is one of those closely associated concepts, right? I mean, because, you know, we want the person to pay. But a lot of times we want people to pay according to our definition not God's definition. 
But what does God say? <laughs> Leave the vengeance to me. Okay. Leave the vengeance to me. I will repay. And so it says, Isaiah 61 verse two says, to comfort all who mourn, to comfort all who mourn. Then we go to the next verse. It says to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the, the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. That's justice. That's justice. And that's revival too. That's justice and that's revival. And we need to understand that once we begin and, and, and think about this. So the other thing that I've observed people are worried about uh, is uh, the concept that there are going to be people that don't live in their neighborhood and their neighborhood could be in such disrepair, but there are people that are going to live in their neighborhood. They're going to come into the neighborhood. They're going to gentrify it. They're going to move them out and, they, and then they won't have anywhere to live, where they're going to live. Oh, how are you going to take over my neighborhood? But guess what? The Bible actually tells us in Isaiah 61 that when we begin to uh, actually do our jobs, because in a covenant, there are obligations on both sides. See, a lot of times we leave it up to only God's side. God, you got the, you got to do you, your thing. Do it, do it, do it. God, do it, do it, do it. You, you praying, praying stuff. God, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But then you ever wonder, God says to you, what are you doing? Because this covenant is two-sided. It's not one-sided. What are you doing? But when you begin to actually do your job, do your part of the do fulfill your obligation in that covenant and distribute God's justice and people begin to be transformed because again, remember, justice is transformational. And so when people begin to get transformed, all of a sudden they shall build, they're going to help you. This is not going to be a job you got to do by yourself. This fixing up your city, fixing up your neighborhood. It's not a job you're going to have to do by yourself, but it's something that people will actually join with you and help you rebuild because they'll care just as much as you do. Because all of a sudden that stony heart will be quickened to life again and they will begin to care about things they did not care about previously. You know how people walk, you know, they don't care when they walk and they throw down garbage in their own neighborhood, but then they get upset when somebody else comes and spits in there. I, I used to be like, but you just threw down a, a chewing gum wrapper and you're upset because they spit on the ground. That, that doesn't make any sense. But when they begin to under, when they begin to understand when, when God's life begins to fill them, you know, and they begin to understand the, the and have the heart of God for their city, for their region, then they will help and do the rebuilding. It says they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And so 
revival is not hard to experience. Revival is not hard to experience, but God needs people, those that see, those that of us that know, that, that have relationship with God, we have to be willing to actually be active in ministry. Like a lot of people, it's, it's funny how a lot of people have used the pandemic as an excuse to not do ministry. Because they think that, oh, well, my church is, my, the church building is closed. So, you know, I, I'll, I guess I'll start back in 2021 when we go back to church. But ministry, because the church never closed, because we are the church. And when we begin to really understand who we are, our identity and our purpose, then we can begin to execute our assignments. You have to understand your identity and your purpose in order to execute your assignment effectively. And a lot of people, the reason why they're not doing ministry or if they're doing ministry, they're not being effective is because they don't truly understand the full, the full weight of their identity. They, and, and they don't understand the purpose of their identity. And so they can't effectively execute their assignments. But this is a new day. And I thank God for new days because we have another opportunity in order to partner with God and executing his justice in the earth. The world doesn't have to stay the way it is, but we have a say so in a direction of this, of humanity's future. But we have to partner with God because God had plans for humanity before there was a humanity. He intentionally created us. It, even think about it in John, the first chapter, right? Think about how it says in the beginning was the word. What does that mean? His divine intent. He wanted to create us. He wanted to, he, everything that happened in Genesis one, he wanted to do it. He intended to do it. He didn't do it by accident. This didn't happen by accident. I don't care what science tries to tell you about a big bang and all that. This didn't happen by accident. There was intent behind creation. And so we have to execute intent. We have to demonstrate that we, that we have intent in our actions so that we can be effective if we intend to do ministry, if we intend to obey God and do the ministry that he's created us to do, then we have to, we have to do it intentionally to be effective. Justice doesn't happen by accident. The world doesn't get saved by accident. And so to say that stuff happened, like all this happened by accident is to say stuff catches God by surprise. And we know nothing catches God by surprise. He knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. And so we need to trust him. We need to really have faith in him. We need to really just have faith in him to when he tells us something, he's not going to cause us to be ashamed. We got to, we got to, but we got to get on, we got to get on task. It's time for the body of Christ to get on task. 
there's so many people out there that are suffering. Even now, during this pandemic, there have been I've I've heard so many more reports of suicide than in previous years. Even in the, the first opening months of the pandemic, there were, people were committing suicide by the hundreds, young people, old people, didn't matter because they didn't want to be alone. They didn't like the feeling of isolation because humanity was made to be relational. The body of Christ is a relational organization. And so we have to, our ministry has to be people, okay? This is not one of those set it and forget it passive income type of things. No, this is, you have to actually minister to people. You have to serve people. And so let us begin to really connect with God's concept of justice. I mean, let's really begin to understand God's heart for humanity because that's what it is. It's God's heart for humanity. And realizing that he hates injustice. He hates injustice. But he needs us to hate it just as much as he does because he, he uses us to execute his will here on the earth. I hear com, com, constantly said that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. It sounds great. But if his hands and his feet ain't doing anything, then his limbs must be dead. But the body of Christ is alive. And we need to live out God's value system, his core values. And justice is one of those core values. Justice and righteousness is, is something that God truly cares about. To the point to where in Colossians, it tells us that Jesus Christ actually, his righteousness overtook us and we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, it can't get any plainer than that. So we're to live out justice. Justice is supposed to be one of our core values just as much as it one of God's. But he needs us to be obedient and partner with him. Will you be obedient and partner with God? Will you actually have the same heart for humanity that God does? Not judging people, being prejudiced, biased, as to who deserves it and who doesn't. But looking at everybody as if everybody deserves a fighting chance at redemption. But you are the one who stands between them and everlasting life. You're the one who stands between them, between justice and injustice in their lives, between breakthrough and continual bondage and oppression. Will you be obedient? And so I'm going to give a few moments if anybody has any uh, questions, 
uh, that pertain to the lesson, please put it in the comments box. Uh, also, you can give using the methods that you see on the screen. Uh, the text to give option, which is above, text the word give to 1 948 3895. You can also give using Cash App, dollar sign Yes Lord M. You can also go to our website and click the donate button or even click the donate button right there on Facebook. Uh, and then you can download the Giveify app and search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. This is, we're doing, we're executing justice and we need your financial partnership to make, to make it happen. And so, Lord God, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in the earth and that you've decided to partner with us to make it happen. And we're excited to be partners with you in this endeavor. And so, God, we honor you for everything that you're doing. We honor you for, for your dream becoming our dream, you know, and, and, and just like Dr. Martin Luther King quoted Amos and said that he wanted justice to flow and righteousness to flow. And so we say justice and righteousness flow like a river, flow like a stream, flow in the earth and use us to actually distribute justice throughout and share your message, share your good news with the rest of the world. We can't keep it to ourselves. We can't sit by and let evil prevail. But God, we will see a change. We will see transformation. We will see reformation in our lifetime. And so we honor you and we honor the assignment that you've given us. And we will intentionally obey you and live out that assignment so that we can be effective for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm going to bring Apostle Wooly to.